Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And we are starting a uh, brand new series right now uh, that we're simply calling Lightweight. And we're going to be dealing with a subject matter that if you've ever been told not to pray for something, we're dealing with that thing. Somewhere along the lines, if you've been a Christ follower for any length of time, somebody told you, whatever you do, don't pray for patience. Don't do it. Don't pray for patience. And I'm here to tell you, pray for patience. Lean into patience. Grow in patience. Let God and the Holy Spirit increase your patience because what patience does, not only in your life, but the life of everyone that you're connected with, it is transforming. It is absolutely transforming. So we're going to be spending the next five weeks looking at what it means to be biblically patient, to let God, let the, the fruit of patience, which one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, grow in our lives and that begin to transform us on a massive level. If you've got your version app open, if you've got your bulletin there, we're about to jump into the notes and, and we're going to lead off with this concept that the power of patience lets us enjoy life as God works in and through us. Let's us enjoy life as God is working in us and through us. You take patience out of that equation, and all of a sudden, God can be at work, and you're still miserable. God can be at work in something, and simply because you haven't got there yet, you're absolutely miserable. We, while the kids, the big kids, were at youth camp having a great time, well, Cutie and I took the two little girls and took them on a little trip, and we went to San Antonio and stayed at a, at a resort there, and it has its own little, little miniature water park. It's got a lazy river and some pools and a water slide and all that kind of fun stuff, and so we just went and chilled, just chilled by the pool. And so as soon as we leave our driveway, we have not left town. We just leave driveway and we begin heading towards wall so we can make the journey to San Antonio. Our kids, we get about to Knickerbocker as we head out from our house in Santa Rita towards wall. And immediately one of my girls says, are we there yet? <laughs> oh my goodness. Come on, Lord, give me patience. I'm about to preach on patience. Give them patience, Lord. Help us all. And so, and they were, all of a sudden, every so often, you know, they would say, what city is this? So we would tell them what city we were in. So we would come along, and then they would say, there would be no city. And then they're like, they didn't even know what to say. So they would say, like, what country is this? I was like, it's still the United States. So it's still the United States. We're not leaving there. And so they're used to going to Mexico every once in a while. That's what they call Mike and Lisa Hernandez's house. That We're going to Mexico. Uh, my kids aren't racist, I promise you. And so, 
They just don't know. Little ones don't know any better. I hope they're. Our kids aren't racist, are they? Oh, Lord, now I've got to pray. <laughs> it is where they learn Spanish. No Luna and Estrella and all that kind of fun stuff. Anyways, I digress. I got something to cover. And um, anyways, but they're just there. And it makes that are we there yet just makes the journey miserable. It makes it miserable for them. It makes it miserable for us. And guess what? They have something I never had on a journey. They have a DVD player. They have little screens in front of their little headrests. And they can kick back and enjoy the journey and watch a movie. Something that you actually take money, go down to a theater, and pay to have an experience. They can have a pleasurable experience going down the road. But somehow, because it's coupled with going somewhere that they're excited about, it, that anticipation all of a sudden begins to gnaw at their patience. And as I was talking about this series coming up with uh, Steve Lahome, we'd had coffee a couple of weeks ago, and we was talking, I was talking about patience and, and anticipation, and somehow anticipation becomes anti-patience. And that's not the way it should be. Anticipation should make life sweet. Anticipation, knowing that something wonderful that's out there, should make life more enjoyable. But if we get so fixated on what's so far ahead instead of the beauty of the moment that we're in, then all of a sudden something wonderful that God's wanting to do right here and right now, we miss it. And patience is so important because God wants to do something wonderful every second of your life. But if you get fixated on something you're excited about or waiting for or desperately need that's still at work in the future, you will miss the beauty of the moments that God wants to do in your life right now. Where we got to where we were going, there was the lazy river. And the lazy river is this beautiful example of patience at work. You're able to get that little tube and, and sit back in there, and it takes you on a journey. You're not having to strive. You're not having to work. You're not having to swim. You're going somewhere. Now, sadly, that journey goes round and round in circles, and that's not what God has for us. And so, but as we sit back and understand that God is at work in our lives, then we let him begin to work and we can rest in him and let him carry us where he needs to go. The launching passage of scripture we're going to use week after week is James 1.4. James 1.4 says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We've got to let patience work in us. Let it have its perfect work. When we say yes to Christ, we step over from death to life, and we have the access to the full riches of God in Christ Jesus right then. We have everything that we need for life and godliness right then. But you and I, in our ignorance and our immaturity and all the places we need to grow up, then we need to be, there's still not being accessed in our lives. And patience helps us to grow up so we can enjoy what's already ours. We can mature and let God be at work in our lives so we can enjoy and step into what's already ours. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. 
It says, but, let, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There is no limit. There's no regulation on the fruit of the Spirit. So in this place of patience, we have to recognize God's one to just, just let this thing flow, let this go. And so many times we can think that we look at somebody and think, well, you know what? Somebody can have too much patience. Somebody's been too patient with somebody and they've taken advantage and they've done this and they've done that. Now here, what, what, quick, what I want to talk to you real quickly about is what patience is not. Okay, Patience is not quietly sitting there letting something steal your time. That's not patience. Patience is love waiting. Patience is love being at work. So if you are resentful of this moment that you're losing, of this time you're losing, you're not being patient. Patient is love waiting. So that time when you're at the, at the light and the person in front of you decided they wanted to finish their text, but, but even when the light turned green and you're sitting there and you remember that you don't need to, to honk, that you need one of those southern horns. Have you seen that on Facebook? Those southern horns, you know, where it says, excuse me, would you mind going? You know, just being real polite. I can't figure out how to way to honk gently. It's always obnoxious. And so I consequently... You know, I don't know who's in front of me, um, so I don't honk. So one time I shot around a guy and was like, idiot! Um, it, was one of, it was one of our pastors. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to his office and, and, repent, and repented to him. And uh, Daryl Eaton didn't even know I'd called him an idiot. And so, and, uh, and so I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm the one that shot around you and called you an idiot. It's like, I didn't hear that. Oh, well, oh. And so, uh, and uh, anyway, so I, uh, anyway, so, but, so now that, you know, I, I was like, you know, maybe it's you. I'm not going to, I don't want to honk and be obnoxious at you. And so I just sit there. And so Cutie will reach across and honk. And so um, if, if there's, if there's honking, just know, you look back and I'm going, and so I'm pointing at the lady reaching across at the horn. And um, anyways, but if I sit there and I don't honk and I'm just boiling with anger, then someone on the outside may go, wow, that guy's just being really patient. That person's sitting there and they're finishing their text and, and that guy's just waiting and letting them do it. And then they take off and he just doesn't hit the accelerator and peel out and he just goes gently and he's being patient but on the inside the whole time I'm just sitting there just so just so mad that wasn't patience I was resenting it I hated it I wasn't lovingly letting them have their moment that wasn't patience another thing that's not patience is avoiding tough conversations that's not being patient that's being selfish that there's a, there's a tough conversation that needs to happen. A lot of times there are people who say, man, they've been too patient with so-and-so. They weren't patient. They were avoiding a hard conversation. That's not patience. That's still being selfish. 
Patience is love letting God work. It's love wait, actively waiting. So what we want to make sure we do is we let love be at work in our lives and let that be patience. See, patience is letting God work. Philippians 1.3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on unto the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So here Paul's writing to the Philippian church. And he says, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful every time I remember you because I know that God's not finished with you yet. So everything about you that maybe I could get graded against, everything that's not quite right, I know that God is still at work. And therefore, this gratitude can still be there. Where there could possibly be a place of resentment, there could possibly be a place of anger, there could possibly be a place of frustration, he remembers that God is faithful to complete that his work, and instead there's gratitude. I'm thankful that I'm still in your life. I'm thankful that I'm still connected. I'm thankful that I get to see the completed work because what God has started, he's going to finish. Patience is giving God room to work. God's patience is his love waiting as more and more people Say yes to that love. One of the things we have to recognize when we embrace, for us to fully embrace patience in our own lives, we have to see why it is so vital that God is patient. And I want you to know I am so thankful that God is patient. And I want us to be a church and a group of people that are thankful for God's patience. And, I, and a, it's so easy to get wrapped up in some of the stuff where we see in our world, in our culture, in our lives, and go, man, God, you know, where's the wrath? God, do something. You know, these people shaking their fists at God, all of this, the, the, the yuck and the mess we see in our culture, the fact that our culture embraces a bunch of messed up, messed up stuff, and that we can get so angry and get into a place where we're just ready for some sort of judgment hammer to fall, and we forget we forget that God was patient with us. We forget that God, God waited on us, that God loved us while we were the ones who were away, while we were the ones who were difficult, while we were the ones. And we need to remember that and all of a sudden have some patience with our culture and have some patience with our nation and have some patience with our neighbors and our coworkers knowing that God's patience is at work. See, God's patience is his love waiting on more and more people to say yes to that love. Romans 2.4 says, or do you show contempt? He's talking to Christians. He says, are you showing contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience? Not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. It's God's kindness bringing about people. Evangelism <clears throat> studies have long said that it takes someone seven times 
to hear the truth of the gospel before they make a decision and embrace it. Seven times. So the first time they hear this idea that God loves them and is at work and that Jesus Christ should make a difference in their life and, and they ponder it, mull it, maybe fully reject it. Boom. One time down. Then they hear about it again from somebody, maybe you, sharing about what God's done in your life and they stonewall it and reject it and move on. That's number two. And then number three and number four and number five, it says it's the average, which means that there are a handful of people that first or second time say yes, and there are people who 15, 20 times finally say yes. But that's our God who just, again, guess what? I love you. Are you ready to embrace that today? No, not today. Okay, tomorrow. I love you. Are you ready to embrace that today? No, not today. Okay. The next day, are you ready to embrace the love of God? We need to recognize that it's his patience that is at work in our lives and be excited about that. That's what was the root issue with Jonah. You read the old story of Jonah in the, in the Old Testament. And Jonah had an assignment, and you see it, if you see it from the Sunday school version or you see a little news article, a little commercial deal that it's always Jonah and, and he's repent that that's what he was saying Jonah's message was not repent Jonah wasn't given that message Jonah's message was in 40 days you're donezo it's over that was it it wasn't repent or it's over it no it's over and the people of Nineveh repented they're like, my goodness, what, what on earth is here? And they repented from the king all the way down. And God, in, his, in the response to their repentance, was loving and gracious to them. And Jonah got mad. He got mad. It was like, God, this was why I ran from you. As a kid, I always thought that Jonah was intimidated of his assignment. I don't want to be a preacher. And he runs and gets on the boat and ends up getting the storm and ends up in the water and the fish comes. And, and I always thought he was running from his assignment. No, at the end of the story, we see why Jonah runs. He's like, you told me to go and tell them it was done. But I know you're a good God. And if they were to turn around, that you wouldn't do what I'd said you were going to do. And I'd look like a fool. And I knew that your kindness which was at play here. And that was what he was mad about. That was what he was upset about. That was what he fled about. Folks, you and I, we have to be excited about the kindness of God. We have to be excited about the patience of God. That he's been patient with us. He's been patient with other people. Which lets us step into that and be patient as well. Second Peter 3.15 says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him first Timothy 1:16. but for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life 
And then Romans 15, 5 says, And now may the God of patience and comfort grant that you be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. So what Paul is wanting here for the Roman believers is that for them to be like-minded with this God of patience and that we be patient with one another. If anybody who's gone through our newcomers class has heard this word of radical patience that we talk about in one of the first or two sessions in our newcomers class that at Celebration Church we want to, to practice radical patience. Why? Because we want people to be able to have room to move forward in their relationship with God. And some of us, man, are sprinting with God. Some people find out who Jesus is and they just take off and they're just sprinting in their relationship with God. And some of us are moving like this in God. This is our walk with God. But you know what? Forward is forward. And we're going to celebrate the incremental steps, and we're going to celebrate the big steps. And if you're saying yes to God, we're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. Because guess what? The only way disciples are made is taking another step with God, and another step with God, and another step with God. And we're going to have to be radically patient with one another. Why? Because we can easily look over at our neighbors and figure out what we think their next step should be. I can look over you and go, I'm pretty sure what you need to be dealing with. You need to be dealing with this and this and this. And they can look at you and go, oh, you think so, huh? I think you need to be dealing with this, this, and this. And what we need to do is back off and ask the question of one another. So which way forward from here? What is God asking of you? And then help one another in that thing. Help one another in that. Be a partner. Be someone who comes alongside and have radical patience. Folks, because knowing what God has said is the foundation of patience. This is why we look at God's word and we look at his promises and we find out what he has to say. Because when we see what is ours and we recognize it is, it's there, it's not it's not. Maybe it's not an if, it's that he is faithful to do what he promised he would do. Then that becomes the foundation for our patience and our, and our walk with God and with one another. And we let him move us forward. Second Thessalonians 3.5 says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So we're wanting God to direct our hearts. Where? Into the love of God. Every time we let God direct our hearts, where is he directing it? Into his love. Into his love, into his love, into his love, into his love. Until you know you are radically loved by God, you won't really believe any of the other stuff. You won't really believe that he wants your body healed. You won't really believe that he wants your needs provided for. You won't really believe that he's got an assignment and a call on your life. That he wants to live and move through you just like he does any other believer on the planet. Until you believe that you are loved. And that's why we got to let God direct our hearts into his love and into the patience of Christ. And into the patience of Christ. There's some stuff that you can get into. Into what the patience of Christ looked like. 
But let's go back and, and remember that Jesus was connected and part of from the foundations of the world. And that God spoke about that Jesus was going to play a role right there in the garden. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. That, that uh, he was going to crush the serpent's head. And then all of this time comes by before Jesus comes on the scene in the physical form. Let's think about Jesus and the heart of God wanting man to be restored and Jesus coming on at the right time. What the patience of Christ, what the patience of Jesus looks like as part of the Trinity. You start to meditate on that a little bit. Man, with patience of Christ, to let God work out his plan. Jesus says he doesn't even know when his, when his second return is, is going to be. He says, I don't know. The Father knows, but I don't know. Think about the, the patience, how much he would want to come for his bride, return for his bride. And the Father says, no, we're still at work. The patience of Christ. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. That we might have hope through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, what's already been said to us, what's already been, been, been told to us, the promises of God begin to give us hope and give us comfort. This week, the, we were invited over to some friend's house, and, and our youngest one, Pressy, who's four years old, uh, was very excited about going over to the friend's house. And so she got up that day and said, uh, when are we going to our friend's house? And I told her, I said, we're going go, you know, to go later this evening. We're going to go to our friend's house. And so for a little bit, ever so often, she'd come to me and say, Dad, are we going to our friend's house yet? And I was like, no. No, we're not. Are we going to our friend's house yet? A little bit later, no, she'd go back to play. She did it about three times. And so I'm like, man, this is going to be a long day um, as we get ready to go to our friend's house. But at some point, something shifted in her little four-year-old heart. And she quit asking me when, if we were going to go to our friend's house yet. And I think she realized the truth that we were going to go to her friend's house. It was going to happen. And all of a sudden, she quit asking about the details and if and always want, needing the validation of it. And all of a sudden, I catch her going around the house singing a song. We're going to our friend's house today. We're going to our friend's house. And she writes a song, and she's just singing this song about what's going to take place, about what's going to happen. At some point, she shifted from this worry and this anxiety, and, and I know you said it, but are we, is this really going to happen? When is it going to happen? And at some point, she shifted. And patience all of a sudden manifested when she knew it was going to happen. As soon as she knew it was going to happen, all of a sudden, a song sprang up in her heart. She was able to celebrate and enjoy the fact that she was going to go to her friend's house. So now there's this moment that she's just enjoying the truth that her friends have plans with her. 
Some of us, the planning of the vacation can be just as fun as the vacation. Sometimes it's more fun. You get on vacation and you thought, this is not as good as I thought it was going to be. And so, but it can be, you can savor it and enjoy the moments when you're convinced that it's going to go down, that he is faithful. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 through 15. This is part of the parable of of the sower. It says, but the ones on the rock, this is the seed that was on the rock, are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. And now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out, um, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. If you notice, this plant is still alive. The seed grew and the plant is still alive. But all of these other things it was concerned about choke out its fruit. But verse 15 says, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. With patience. Folks, I'm excited about what God has in store for you. You should be excited about what God has in store for you. But you should also be excited about just your daily relationship with God. And that maybe everything that he's promised, you're not fully seeing it realized in your life yet. But that he who's begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And you can shift from constantly examining, am I mature yet? Am I this yet? Am I this, that, or whatnot? And shift into going, you know what? I'm singing a song that God's taken me there. And whatever it is, maybe there's a marriage you're believing for restoration and begin to make your own song that looks like a country song turned on its head. It says, man, my marriage is fixed. My marriage is whole. My God is at work. Maybe your body isn't fully manifested the healing you want to see, but man, you can turn it on its head and begin to talk about the, the fullness of what God's going to do in your life. Maybe you can begin to sing a song in your heart about something that hasn't been fully realized yet, but then enjoy the process of getting there. Patience changes everything. Our bottom line today is patience changes the world. The fruit of the Spirit is the ultimate p- fulfillment of on earth as it is in heaven. And let's choose to allow heaven's patience to grow in our lives. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.